0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Science Cells. This podcast discusses the representation of female scientists in movies. Sex and science often become entangled in mainstream media and cinema. The employment of male-dominated power roles often strips the creative woman scientist success. Actresses who play a role as scientists are represented differently than male scientists in movies. I believe that there should be more female scientists in leading roles in movies Today with us is Dr. Van Nostren who is joining us. He is a professor in societal norms and directions at the University of America. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you, Jennifer. Happy to be here.
0: So film success suggests that there are some recurring stereotypes in how women scientists are portrayed in movies. They can be seen um, usually played in the role as a daughter or as lonely and naive, but in more recent films, women scientists are portrayed more positively, such as independent, fierce, competent. How do you feel about that?
1: I would agree with that statement generally. Um, I feel that while we are seeing an increase in the uh, number of strong female roles in films, often that strength is accompanied with uh, a sexual element in a lot of these films.
0: Ah, I see well, today we will be exploring the most common issues in representation of female scientists. We will be discussing three movies where female scientists are the main character and discussing two articles. One is written by Jocelyn Steinke, and another is written by Aline Polak. The movies are the 2011 Thor, the 2013 Star Trek Into Darkness and the 2009 movie Avatar. The first one is about an astrophysicist named Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman in Thor. Have you seen this, Dr. Van Nostrand? I believe so, yes. Well, in the movie, Thor teaches Jane about the nine realms in the universe in one clip. While watching the movie and especially the scene I felt, after, I felt as if her character existed to create a link between Thor and Earth, uh, not really playing her astrophysicist degree into, into the movie. So without further ado, we will be playing the clip. I come
1: up here sometimes when I can't sleep or when I'm trying to reconcile particle data or when Darcy's driving me crazy. I come here a lot, actually, now that I think about it. I'm really glad you're safe. You've been very kind to me. I've been far less grateful than you deserve. I hit you with my car a couple times, so that kind of evens things out. Perhaps I had it coming. Oh, my God. I
0: don't believe it. It
1: was all I could get back. I'm sorry. It's not as much as I promised.
0: No, no, this is great. This... So listeners can follow the link to our Tumblr page on Science Cells and see this clip. But in this clip, Thor hands Jane Foster back her scientific notebook. Um, though, scientists, so, though science is a topic discussed in this scene, It's very, it's a very romantic scene. It's dark. They're by the campfire. Um, I feel like the scene and this movie did not really capture her role as a astrophysicist. What do you think, Dr. Van Nostrand?
1: I would agree with that. Um, yeah, you know, in 2011, when this film was made, i Imagine there are not too many astrophysicists who do their data analysis on a paper notebook um, up on a roof or wherever they are, uh, where they're having this romantic encounter. Um, so, you know, while there is an element of science, I think it's really uh, distilled and kind of simplified, and it, the main uh, overlying theme here is, you know, the romance between Thor and uh, this female scientist.
0: I agree. I feel as though she was a main character, but she was not essential to the plot of the movie. I would like to read a quick interview um, by her where she says the struggles they had and the way they they thought. I was like, what a great opportunity in a very big movie that is going to be seen by a lot of people. To have a woman as a scientist. She's talking about scientists like Rosalind Franklin who discovered the DNA double helix and other scientists. Um, She also goes on to say because in the comment comic she's a nurse and now they made her an astrophysicist. Really I know it sounds silly but it is those little things that make girls think it's possible. It doesn't give them a role model of oh I have to dress cute in movies. It was a breath of fresh air to see her promotion from a nurse to astrophysicist. However, her profession wasn't utilized to the extent that it could have been. Jane's role as an astrophysicist was underused and could have been incorporated to have more influence to the plot that it actually was. What do you think about this, Doctor?
1: Uh, that I would somewhat agree with. Certainly, there could be a more accurate portrayal of what astrophysics is all about to, you know, sort of communicate or expose the public to that field. So it's um, not such an unknown topic. Uh, However, at the end of the day, I would say, you know, it's a romance film slash action film and not so much about the story of an astrophysicist who discovered an alternative universe.
0: I question what motivates her at the end of the movie, the love or the science. Obviously, she has a passion for her work but her character at the same time is also diminished through her love interest with Thor
1: right I very much agree with that you know at the end um we are kind of left wondering is she uh you know seeks out this uh you know previously available alternative universe whether it is the you know, uh discovery of science that is motivating her or is it her uh passion for uh Thor, you know, to find him again, reconnect and rekindle?
0: I see that. How do you think the media would have reacted to her career as an astrophysicist if it developed more and it influenced the outcome of the movie more than it actually did?
1: I don't think it would have been covered as extensively um, or had as, you know, profound of sales. Uh, it just wouldn't have been as strong of a story for the mainstream audience if it was more about an astrophysicist more so than, uh, you know, this comic book character Thor.
0: Ah, uh, I see. Well, that ties up our first movie, Thor. Our next movie is about Dr. Carol Marcus in Star Trek Into Darkness. She has a PhD in applied physics and a specialism in advanced weaponry. Just to give a little background, she is an officer of the Star Trek fleet who sneaks onto the ship using her mother's maiden name. Viewers eventually find out she is the daughter of the head of Starfleet. She is extremely brilliant and very comfortable ta- taking chances. She relies on her education and scientific background. However, she is reduced to sexual ob- object in early moments of the movie, meeting Captain Kirk for the first time. Before I go any further, let's view the clip. Just turn around. It's too dangerous to try and open one of these torpedoes on the Enterprise, but there is a nearby planetoid. I can open one up there, but I will need some help. Turn around. Now. Listeners can, again, go to the Tumblr page on Science Cells and view this clip, but it was essentially Dr. Carol Marcus undressing and Captain Kirk turning around. She is completely unnecessarily uh, half-dressed. I mean, I just feel like it's a very unnecessary part to include in the movie. It is a short scene and was implemented for humor, but why?
1: Yeah. You know, so this is a film I haven't actually seen, but I would agree uh, based on that scene that um, it certainly hints at some level of sexual tension between herself and uh, Captain Kirk. And I don't think you would see that in, uh, you know, films where there's a male scientific role.
0: Do you think female scientists are added as a sexual sexual object to alleviate boredom that may be associated with science to the mainstream media?
1: Certainly. Um, I think for uh, lay people that, you know, science is, you know, very intimidating and kind of an unknown topic and, you know, rather boring, not something they're willing to invest their time to, um, you know, fully understand. So in a way, creating a female scientific role as um kind of a sexual twist on what would normally be a boring component of the movie plot.
0: I see. Well, it's nice to have a similar perspective. In the next part of our podcast, we will be talking about Dr. Grace Augustine. She is an exobiologist in the movie Avatar. Dr. Van Nostrand, have you seen this movie?
1: I have. I enjoyed the film very much.
0: Great. I think Grace's character is a fantastic representation of a female scientist in STEM. In the first few moments of her first appearance in the movie, she is called a legend, and the audience is informed that she wrote the book Pandoran Botany. She is fierce and smart with a little bit of a temper. Though she is well respected, she is patronized by Parker Selfridge, the head administrator of the RDA on Pandora. Let's take a look at this clip, showing her extensive scientific background and knowledge of Pandora and the Navi race. In this clip, you will see that her passion for science completely is disregarded and serves more as a good laugh to Parker.
1: You say you want to keep your people alive? You start by listening to her.
0: Those trees were sacred to the Oma Jukai in a way you can't imagine. Uh, you know what? You throw a stick in the air
1: around here, it's going to land on some sacred fern, for Christ's sake. I'm not talking <laughs> about some kind of pagan voodoo here. I'm talking about something real, something measurable
0: in the biology of the forest. Which is what exactly? What we think we know is that there is some kind of electrochemical communication between the roots of the trees like the synapses between neurons. And each tree has ten to the fourth connections to the trees around it. And there are ten to the twelfth trees on Pandora.
1: Which is a lot of guessing.
0: It's more connections than the human brain. Get it? It's a network. It's a global network, and the Na'vi can access it. They can upload and download data, memories, at sites like the one you just destroyed. Yes!
1: What the hell have you people been smoking out there? <laughs> They're just goddamn...
0: In this scene, Parker is focused on human greed and his own financial endeavors. His power outweighs her voice. What do you think about that?
1: Uh, yeah, I think that was an excellent scene and uh, speaks to a lot of issues that can apply to be applied currently. Um, you know, Parker it seems like he sort of disregards concepts that are beyond his comprehension. And, um, you know, kind of while there might be a role of uh, or an element of patriarchy in how he just disrespects this uh, expert in the field, that being Dr. Grace Augustine, um, I think it speaks more broadly to, you know, how people who don't have a lot of exposure to basic science and new ideas are somewhat fearful of them and sort of just slough them off and laugh at them. Uh, I think that's epitomized in the way he asks, uh, what are you people smoking out here?
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that point of view. I think Dr. Grace Augustine is um, very smart and she's witty and she's very passionate about her work and it must not be easy for her having someone feel like they can make a better decision than her or or laugh at her scientific work. And I think this is a big challenge that female scientists in STEM have to face every day. So in the next part of our podcast, we will be discussing two articles. The first one is by Jocelyn Steinke, And she wrote about women scientists' role models on screen. And I'm just going to read a quick quote I found interesting from her article. She says, In the absence of real-life models, images of women scientists in the media may serve as important sources of information about scientists. Children who have little access to the world of science may construct an understanding of the role of women in science based largely on these images. So my follow-up question is, were these female scientists a good representation of STEM from the movies we just discussed?
1: Uh, I would say yes and no. You know, in terms of the first two movies, I believe it was Thor and Star Trek, I think uh, they were sort of more, um, you know, weaker roles. But I would argue that uh, in Avatar, Dr. Augustine is portrayed... um, fairly accurately, and uh, she's not, you know, seen as a sexual object, and I think the fact that she is, or her opinion and her data is disregarded speaks more broadly to um, non-scientific opinions or people who are fearful of scientific fact and just disregard it, not only for women, but um, all scientists.
0: Okay, I see. Great. Well, the next article is by Aline Polak, And she writes, why are there still so few women in science? It was an article she wrote in the New York Times in 2003. She discusses how the climate has become more welcoming to young women who want to study science and math. She writes that the disparity between men and women's representations in science and math arise from culture rather than genetics. So Lean Polak wrote about a study that was performed in 1999 at the University of Michigan. So two groups of students were divided and they all had strong backgrounds and abilities in math. In one group, the students were told that men perform better on math tests than women. In the other group, they were told that women and men perform the same in math. In the first group, Men outscored the woman by 20 points. However, in the second group, the men outscored the woman by only two points. Dr. Van Nostrand, do you think this is attributed to the, the culture that men and women have grown up in and their introduction to STEM?
1: Um, well, with respect to that study, um, I personally would like to see the primary data in terms of the statistical analysis they did to come to that conclusion however i would agree with you in that um, you know coming up in a society where you know gender roles suggest that men are more apt to be good scientists that undoubtedly influences um you know growing minds um and encourages you know people to sort of naturally fall into Um, societal gender roles. In this case, it would be a tendency for um, men to be more drawn to science and math.
0: Ah, I see. Well, thank you for your insight. I want to thank you for coming in today, Dr. Van Nostrin, and for your input and opinions on how women scientists are represented in movies.
1: Thank you, Jennifer. I really enjoyed speaking with you today.